Welcome everybody to the Wiregrass High School Football Report, brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Nothing Woods Football on 96.9, The Legend. Week one is in the books. It was a fantastic week of high school football here in the Wiregrass, and we're going to give you all the scores and results from this past Friday night. And have a fantastic conversation with New Brockton Gamecocks head coach Zach Holmes. The Gamecocks are two and zero. They're outscoring their opponents seventy three to twenty two. And obviously, we're going to talk about returning home to Gamecocks Stadium, those wins, a couple of players on the Gamecocks, and much more with Coach Holmes. And then at the end of the show, I will give you the schedule for Week Two for high school football in the Wiregrass. Before I do that, let you guys know you can find me and the podcast. You can find me on social media at. P. Jordan SEC. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, so please subscribe, follow, rate, and review. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show, but you can also check out the podcast on the websites or apps for 95.5 WTVY, 96.9 The Legend, and 106.7 KMX. Go check it out there if you're not on Apple Podcasts, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, go check it out. Check it out on both. It'll be big, big, big help if you do that. And, of course, you can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Now, before we get to my interview with Coach Holmes, let's go around the Wiregrass. All right, let's start off with a matchup between two top ten teams in number eight Elba and number nine Op. Elba won the game 33-28 to to improve to 2-0 on the season. Op falls to 1-1. Elba held a 33-14 lead late in the third quarter, but Op did go on a run. They got some momentum. They made the game much closer in the second half there in the fourth quarter especially, but on a fourth and two in the final minute, couldn't convert, and Elba held on to the lead. Headland defeated number two Abbeville 13-6. Headland goes to 1-1 on the year. Abbeville, this was their season opener. They dropped to 0-1. This is the first win for head coach Rodney Dollar there at Headland. Luke Nelson, quarterback for Headland, was 7-12 for two touchdowns. Abbeville Three turnovers were uh, very costly in the game for them. Enterprise 28, Carver 12. Enterprise improves to 2-0, and they will be taking on the Delta Wolves this Friday to kick off 7A Region 2 action for both schools. This game was 7-6 at halftime. It was a defensive game between these two. Very, very close contest. Uh, Enterprise went up 28-12 with under 90 seconds left in the game after a 13-yard touchdown by Amari Griffin. Geneva County defeated Wittsburg 33-14. Geneva County improves to 1-0. This was their season opener. Of course, had Coach Striplin on the podcast last week. And then Wittsburg, they are 1-1 on the year after the loss. Running back Emmanuel Henderson commit to the University of Alabama. Had 140 yards, three touchdowns of 6, 2, and 49 yards. Rehoboth improved to 2-0 as they defeated Ashford 16-6. Ashford led this game 6-3 going into fourth. There's a lot of low-scoring games in the Wiregrass this past Friday. Shelton Arroyo to Will Jordan early in the fourth to take a lead for the Rebels. And then Brandon Austin had a touchdown run with about 3.36 left in the game that sealed the deal. Austin on the night had 154 yards on the day, and uh, Zachary Romero, a big game there as well. Defense, eight tackles, a sack, and a fumble recovery. Ayrton defeated Goshen 49-0, so Ayrton goes to 2-0 on the year. Goshen falls to 0-2, nothing after the first. Just a big offense performance there by Ayrton uh, very quickly, too. So they get a 49-0 victory there. 
Bayside Academy defeated Houston Academy 28-6. The Houston Academy falls to 1-1 one one on the year. Bayside Academy came in this game ranked number 10. Cottonwood defeated Sampson 28-14, so Cottonwood advances and they go to 1-1. One one. Sampson drops to 1-1. One one. Cottonwood led 6-0 at halftime. Like I said, this kind of was a trend uh, seemed like this past week here in the Wiregrass. Artavius Shipman had 155 yards and two touchdowns for the Bears in the win. Dell County defeated Delville 55-18. to uh, Delville is now 0-2 on the season. Dell County goes to 1-1 after close-ish loss last week to Ayrton. That game was close for most of the game, and Ayrton pulled away late. Uh, quarterback Alex Banks had 111 yards, two touchdowns, only on three of three passing. So big plays on just the, the very few pass attempts he had on Friday night. Houston County defeated Floralis 21 to 12. Uh, Houston County advances to 2 and 0 on the season. It was 21 late in the second quarter, so Floralis put up some points. Looked like you know made the game a little bit closer there in the second half. Khalil Johnson for the Lions had two touchdowns. Kenson defeated Zion Chapel 20 to 12. Uh, Cole Sumlin had 154 yards and two touchdowns on the night. Uh, Kenson Im- improves to 1 and 1. Zion Chapel is 0 and 1. That was their season opener. Uh, New Brockton defeated Georgiana 48, which we're going to talk about this game in just a few moments with Coach Holmes there at New Brockton. Uh, New Brockton advances to 2-0 on the season. Caden Cup had a big game, 152 yards on the ground with two touchdowns, and he was 5-10 passing for 63 yards and one touchdown. Number 5, Central Phoenix City defeated Ufala 33-0. So Ufala, they won last week against Carroll. Lose here, so they're 1-1 on the season. Of course, they'll be jumping into region play, which pretty much everybody will be doing this weekend, this Friday night. Ufala was without 20 players in the game. Number 3, Montgomery Catholic defeated Charles Henderson 50-0. This was the season opener for Charles Henderson, and they start the season at 0-1. Geneva defeated Slocum 14 to 7 uh, and Geneva goes 1 and 1 on the year of course they had to forfeit last week's game due to uh, covid reasons and uh, Slocum this was the season opener uh, they start the season out at 0 and 1 uh, Justin Russ uh, game clinching interception with 45 seconds left when Slocum was moving the ball down the field and last year when these two teams played Slocum lost that one Geneva won the game 48 to 41 so Pretty much the opposite game of what you saw last year. Uh, just remember, uh, Slocum, they did lose a, against Geneva last year. Then they went on a run of many, many wins. Didn't lose another game during the regular season. Uh, so we'll see what the Red Tops do moving forward there. And then Dothan, in a low-scoring game, be- defeated Park Crossing 14-7. to uh, Park Crossing's only touchdown was a pick six early in the game. Uh, the Dothan defense did not allow a touchdown throughout. Uh, and Dothan's offense really got going there at the end of the game. To put things away to get ahead and put things away, they really wore down the park crossing defense. So Dothan is one and zero on the year, not two and zero because last week's game against Bob Jones was pretty much was a preseason game. It would not count toward the record, and park crossing drops to zero and two. And on Thursday night, Providence Christian did defeat Northside Methodist. 49 to 30. So that's this week's edition of the Wire Around the Wiregrass, all the scores in the area. And we're going to take a quick break when I come back. I'll be joined by Zach Holmes, head coach for New Broughton Gamecocks, here on the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Everybody joining me this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Zach Holmes, head coach of the New Broughton Gamecocks out of 3A Region 2. And, uh, Coach, I told you this off air, but I do appreciate you taking the time and come on the show this week. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. You know, one thing I love about the Wiregrass is all the coverage 
uh, high school football is important in the wiregrass. And so, so I appreciate you doing what you do and, and covering high school football and giving all the young men of the wiregrass coverage. Yeah, it's a joy to do it, and it's one of my favorite things is getting to talk to coaches each week, you know, hearing them talk about their, their team and the community. And, and that's another thing, too, I, I love about doing this and talking to coaches and people who, you know, cover also, – also people cover high school football. Is that I feel like in the Wiregrass, we have some of the best communities out there. I mean, just the way these smaller that. communities yeah. get behind their athletic programs is just amazing and, and a really, really cool thing that, that they do. I agree with that a hundred percent. So, uh, you know, and like I said, congratulations, you guys are, are two and zero to start the season, and just uh, you know, going you know, within two games so far, just what has impressed you the most about your team so far? Well, our, our senior leadership has been uh, really good. You know, it's a it's a special group of guys. There's twelve of them, and I think last year impacted these guys a lot as juniors. You know, we missed. Um, like at this point last year, we're getting ready to play our first game because we missed the first two games due to COVID and, um, and then missed some opportunities and missed some stuff and had a bad year last year. And, and this group, they, they don't take, uh, anything for granted. They're thankful and they know we're blessed to get to do what we do and be involved in football and they're blessed to get to play it. And so they lead, they practice and play that way. And, and I, you know, they're a joy to be around and, and, and a joy to coach and, they come to work every day, and so their leadership has had a major impact on on our team, um, obviously. And then that has, fortunately, has led to success on the field, you know. And so, so obviously, glad to see, glad to see that. But they're the we're we're a senior led team, senior driven team. They do a great job of setting an example, and so that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of. And uh, then just the way the guys have played, I think we've done a a good job of competing and playing with an edge and, and starting fast. We want to start fast in ball games, and so we've done a good job of that. And so just trying to go 1-0 and every week. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do right now this week is, is trying to focus on off and trying to be 1-0 and again this week. Uh, just uh, how nice has it been to be able to play back in your home stadium again? Because last year at Gamecock Stadium was being renovated. Y'all weren't there. Y'all were at Bates Memorial Enterprise. Just how, how nice and how important has it been to get back in your home stadium sure in front was. of your fans where you're used to where you're used to playing? I got to tell you, when when you think about when when you think about like last year and the difficulties that everybody faced, and then that on top of that, that every game for us was an away game. Although we were blessed, the city of Enterprise. Uh, let us use baits, and, and it was awesome that it was close, but we still had to travel, and we had to load up everything every single game. And, you know, that's a big-time process with that to, to have to move the whole operation. And so it has been, from an operational standpoint, it has been outstanding. And then there's something special about Gamecock Stadium, about playing here and, and being here for our community. And so it has been, uh, the past two Friday nights, it has been an exceptional atmosphere uh, for for our team and our fans and and just to be back on our campus you know that's one thing i think that makes high school football special is when you're playing on campuses and in the middle of towns and so it's really good to be back in the middle of our town and not to mention because of the upgrades it's a it's a really nice facility to play in and uh a real a nice uh turf and and uh you know the we we spent so obviously we had the updates but then we spent some money upgrading uh, are, are taking care of the grass and, and upgrading the sprinkler system and that kind of stuff. And so it's a it's a really great playing surface and, and it's a great uh, venue to watch a ball game. 
You know, and uh, looking back on your win on Friday night against Georgiana, win forty to eight there. Just you know, I know you talk about overall the first two games, but you know, just the fast start. And you mentioned that you know both games you guys have got off the fast starts. What was the what was the big thing? What was like the the thing that really triggered that fast start uh, for you on Friday night? Well, we we came out uh, the first drive and uh, sputtered out, and then then we turned the ball over on downs. They got the ball, and two plays later, we caused a fumble. And, and went down and scored and recovered an onside kick and went down and scored again. And and I think, you know, that that was a big, you know, when you go up two scores in a ball game, it, it's a good thing. And so we went up, you know, we went up two scores there pretty early, and, and that makes a difference. And I think that was, that obviously helps us start, you know, start fast. And, and offensively, we've talked about starting fast and having explosive plays and, and doing all of those things and so like the first touchdown was a 34 yard touchdown pass and so i think just you know whatever you set your mind to you can do and so we've set our mind to to trying to start that way and has successfully done that um which like i said it makes a huge when when you can go up two scores early in a game i mean that's a pretty big deal yeah, I wanted to ask you about your defense. First two games, you guys have only given up 22 points. And whenever I, I either saw the highlights on TV or I read the recaps in Dothan Eagle or, or anywhere Southeast Sun too as well, I see uh, Andrew Cashin and Trey Bowling there, two seniors at linebacker. Uh, but overall, you know, not you know, them as well, but just your whole defense as a whole, uh, what has been the whole thing for them, you know, making them successful so far? Sure. Well, I think that, that gets into playing with an edge and, and that being a focus for us. And this off season and going into this season, having an edge and really competing and really getting after it and, and doing the things that make football football, doing those things the right way. And so those two guys you mentioned, Trey and Cash, are, are the, the clear leaders of the defense and, and do an outstanding job as players um, and, and do an outstanding job of leading our defense and getting us in the right calls and in the right positions. And, you know, the you know, the success of the defense the past two weeks has been team defense. I mean, everybody running to the ball, uh, playing good Gamecock football, everybody pursuing the ball and causing, we've caused a fumble in both games. Um, you know, and that, I think that's part of it too. And then not being a – not growing weary, um, hitting people and striking people and – and being, you know, when the, when the game calls for being physical, being physical, and so we we've done that uh, repetitively, and you got to be willing to do that, especially week one versus Cottonwood. Man, they they line up with a tight end, a fullback, and they're going to run right at you. And so just just having the willingness to do that, and and we say we say trust your eyes and trust your guys, and trust what you see, and trust the people around you, and just play good team defense. And they've done that, and that has led to. Um, to the results you've seen and then friday night obviously when you get up on people you can make them one-dimensional and when mm-hmm. you make them one-dimensional obviously it's easier to play against them and so that like that two score deal i mean that helped out with that you know we were up 20 to nothing at halftime and so georgiana obviously coming in the second half needed to try to throw the ball and and move the ball and that's not really who they want to be and so um that that played into our hands as well yeah, that's got to really make a defense feel good when you you know that you're actually making the other team do stuff they don't want to do. You're making them uncomfortable, sure. and then that just opens up even more uh, good situations for you uh, in your defense. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We, you know, when 
when you when you can make teams one dimensional or like you said force them to do things they're not they don't really want to do then that is um that's really good when you got people doing stuff they don't usually do or or you know what they're fixing to do then that makes playing defense a lot easier you know and that but that goes to our kids too being aware of the situation and being locked into the game and and making sure that they're you know a mature defense and that when it's third and 12 they're not up there playing the run you know yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to talk about your offense, too, and, and, and it just sticks out to me, just, you know, like I said, uh, keeping up with you guys, what you've been doing the first two weeks, and even, you know, past years, too. Your quarterback, Caden Cup, I know he's the career scrimmage yards leader there, all-time leader there at yep. New Broughton, and just, you know, his ability, I mean, he's he's obviously a dual threat, just the, the kind of pressure when you have a player like him that can do so many different things, the pressure it puts on the defense, and just, what have you seen, you know, especially with him, these first two games, and even all the way back with fall you know, fall practice, you know, in his development. Sure. Well, he, I mean, Caden's been, Caden's played as many snaps as anybody around here. He's been starting since his freshman year. And so his, his athletic ability has always been there. I mean, he's always been, been a really good athlete, but he has worked and developed his body to where physically, I mean, he, he's, he's in a really good place. But then the, the fun part, especially for about the past 18 months, and seeing him grow mentally in the game. And so, like, he, he, you know, he's an old veteran, sees stuff and knows stuff and um, makes adjustments. And, like, Friday night, he pointed out to me, we were up in the game, and it's the fourth quarter, and he signals over there to me, and he said, hey, you want me to start taking the snap late on the play clock? You know, and I'm like, yep, that's a great point. Let's start burning, you know, 30 seconds. And, I mean, there was seven, eight minutes left on the clock, but for him, to, hey, we're up in the game. Let's, you know, run the clock. Let's run the clock as much as we can. And, that's the kind of stuff that, that he's really good at. And then, I mean, as far as his performance in our offense, I mean, obviously it goes through him. And he he does whatever he needs to do to help us win. Um, he, he runs, I think he had 150 yards or so Friday night. I mean, he's averaging right at nine yards a carry. He had over – he had like 128 the first game. And, I mean, so he, he runs it. He throws it. Um, he, he ran for two touchdowns and threw it for one uh, Friday night. And so he's going to do whatever he needs to do to help us win. Uh, and that includes playing some defense for us. And so he does an outstanding job. But, you know, offensively Friday night, we had three guys with over 100 yards rushing, um, which – and we ran it for, I think, 405. And so that's a testament to our O-line and then and the other backs too. And so it's nice to – to see that ball distribution and, and to see to know that we got three guys, Andrew Cashin, the linebacker you talk about is one of them, and then Jamarcus Brown uh, is the other one. That, to know we got three guys who can run the ball that well. Yeah, and I can imagine too when your quarterback has that ability, and, and a lot of times maybe when the defense is keying on him, it's got to just open up situations and great opportunities for the other running backs and all your other playmakers you have on your offense. Sure, sure it does. You know, and that's. The, the way our offense is kind of built is we want to take what, what you give us and so the ball is supposed to go or be distributed to to the guy you don't want to defend. And since we got a quarterback that can run, you know, you got to fill up every gap and you got to defend all of them. And, and if you don't, we're going to try to find the guy you're not willing to defend or not doing a great job defending. And that's where we're going to try to put the ball. And so, like, Friday night, Caden's runs, like, he, I think in the third quarter he had like a – Oh, it was like a 60, 50 or 60-yard run, but that had been being built up throughout the whole game because, like I said, we started the game with a touchdown pass. And then, hey, you better 
you know, make sure you got somebody on Matt Smith who's a really good receiver for us. And then we're handing the ball off, and then you want to load the box. And then when he pulls one and, and goes around the edge and there's nobody there, he's got the speed to score. And so, yeah, for sure, it all works off each other. Um, and um, and our guys are very unselfish. That's what the most fun thing to me is when our offense scores, all the guys are celebrating, mm-hmm. you know, and encouraging each other. And so it's, it's a um, – it's a really neat thing to be a part of. And, you know, and, you know, lastly with the offense is just, I know you have a lot of experience on the offensive line. You have a big group on the offensive line, you know, reading some articles when it came to when it was coming to the preseason yep. that you did interviews, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you know, game of football, you know, we all know it starts there on the line of scrimmage. Just how big are those guys, sure. you know, what they do to kind of set all that up, you know, to make those runs a possibility as well. Yeah. Well, though, you know, those, uh, I think four out of five of them are returners, All everybody but the center. And then Ashton Smith played for us a little bit last year, who's the center. But those guys took some lumps as sophomores. I mean, some, one of them, are our left tackle, Josh Mathay, is a senior, but the, the left guard's a junior. And then the, the right side are both juniors, and the center's a junior. And so they took some lumps last year as sophomores. And that really motivated them in, in the offseason to, to get stronger and to get bigger and manage their weight correctly and be the players that, that they know they wanted to be. And now they're kind of reaping those rewards of uh, it's pretty fun to play, you know, when you're strong. It's, it's fun to play in the trenches when you're strong and, and big. And, and so they're enjoying that. They're enjoying, you know, lead, and leading in the fourth quarter and we're running the ball and they're, and they're mashing people and they're, they're getting after that. And so they obviously it all starts with them. You know, I mean, it all – it all starts with them, and uh, and they set the tone. And like I said, when you have three guys that go for over 100 yards and you run it for 400, that's obviously that belongs to the offensive line, you know. So, you know, going up this Friday, of course, we're recording this on Sunday, so very early in the week. But I know you have, you know, a big game, a uh, region opener with, uh, with Op this Friday yep. night. Just uh, from what you've seen from them so far, and they're coming off a loss against Elbow on Friday night. But uh, what have you seen, and uh, what just what's, you know, your outlook on your matchup with Op on Friday? Yeah, well, first, I mean, Op knows how to play football. You know that. They're going to be good at football. I mean, they're going to be – it's a football town and football community, and so football is important over there, so – you know they're going to know how to play and, and get after and do it the right way. And then their head coach, I mean, he's the SEC champion. I mean, he, you know, Mike DuBose has forgotten more football than than I probably know. And so he's, he's going to have them in the right spots doing the right things. And um, so, we're you know, they're going to come in here and, like you said, coming off a loss, they're going, they're going to be fired up and ready to go. So we're going to have to match that intensity or surpass that intensity and, and get after them and play our game and, and do what we need to do to give ourselves the best chance to win. And, and finally, this is a question I'm asking everybody this year uh, at the end of our, my conversation on each episode of the podcast, and, uh, it's, and it's this. Uh, when you hear the term uh, Friday Night Football, what comes to mind? Uh, the um, Man, for me, it, it's it's – I don't know what other word to put into it, but joy, you know, uh, and, and everything that's going on in the world today and with the pandemic and then, um, what's going on in Afghanistan and what's going on just around the whole world, you know, Friday night is a place where communities can come together and, and support their teams. And it's almost like a break from the world. And I know for me, that's exactly what it is. I get to go out there with kids at, we put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears together, kids and our coaches, and 
and go out there and, and get to enjoy playing a game and playing it not because anybody's, you know, the kid, the athletes aren't getting paid. Uh, they're playing it because they love it. And so I think that is, to me, it's joy. I mean, I, it's, it's joy. I enjoy every single minute of it. And um, I hope that, that it does provide our communities around a break from all the, the hecticness of, of the world. Absolutely. I'm right there with you on that. Uh, that's, it's one of the best things in, in, in this country, in my opinion, is, is high school football and Friday night football, the traditions sure. and, and everything goes along with it. And, uh, Coach, I do appreciate you, you do taking the time coming on the show. I think I kept you a yes, couple sir. minutes longer than I said I would, but I do appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I just uh, wish you and uh, the Gamecocks uh, good luck this Friday and the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. And anytime, anything I can ever do for you, just let me know. All right, thanks again to Coach Holmes for coming on this week's edition of the podcast. Hope to catch up with him perhaps later on in the season to see how the Gamecocks are doing, see if they're continuing their winning ways. They have started the season with starting at 2-0. and Now, at the end of the show, of course, you know, we will take a look at the schedule coming up for this weekend's games, this Friday night's games. Uh, we're going to start off, and, and we're, we're region play. This week is region play, so we're going to break these the schedule down into in, to the regions. We're going to start off with AISA classification A there. Abbeville Christian at one and one will be at Lowndes Academy, who's also one and one in one A Region One in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Kinston one and one will be at Brantley, who will be playing their first game of the year. Florala at zero and one will be at Sampson, who is one and one on the year. 2A Region 2, Ayrton at 2-0 will be at Houston County at 2-0. Another 2-0 matchup, or undefeated matchup, teams haven't lost, GW Long, because they haven't played a game yet. And then Elba at 2-0. Cottonwood at 1-0, will, at 1-1, will be at Geneva County, who is 1-0 on the year. Zion Chapel at 0-1 will be at Abbeville, who is 0-1 on the year. 3A Region 2, Ott 1-1 will be at New Brighton. Of course, we talked about that with Coach Holmes. Uh, Delville at 0-2 will be at Houston Academy, who is 1-1 on the year. Whisburg at 1-1 will be at Providence, who is also 1-1. Northside Methodist, who is an independent, they are 0-2 on the season so far, will be at Slocum, who is 0-1. In 4A Region 2, Strawn 2-0 will be at Bullock County, who is 0-1. Geneva 1-1 will be at Booker T. Washington, who is 1-1. Ashford at 0-1 will be at Dale County, who is 1-1 on the season so far. Charles Henderson at 0-1 will be at Greenville, who is 2-0. Pike Road will be at Carroll. Pike Road is 2-0. Carroll is 0-1, which Carroll was off last week after having the season opening loss in Week 0 to Eufaula. Rehoboth at 2-0 will be at Andalusia, who is 1-1. And Headland, who is 1-1, will be at Seminole County in Georgia. In 6A Region 2, Lee Montgomery 1-0 will be at Eufaula at 1-1. Dothan, and we're going into 7A Region 2 now, Dothan at 1-0 will be at Enterprise at 2-0. Big rivalry game this weekend with those two playing each other and opening up region play. So we'll see how that game goes. Of course, you can hear that game on 96.9. The Legend is Friday. We'll kick off starting at 645. Pre-game 645. Kickoff is at 7. Excuse me. And uh, you can check all the action, like I said, on 969 Legend. Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert will be on the call, and I will be back at the studio keeping you up to date on all the scores going on around the Wiregrass. And for people out there that may want to know what else is going on in 7A Region 2, Auburn at 2-0 will be at Prattville, who is 2-0. Central Phoenix City is 2-0. They will be playing Smith Station, who is 1-1. And Jeff Davis, they are off this Friday. So that's your look at 7A Region 2. That's your look at all the games that will be played this Friday. 
here in the Wiregrass. So it's going to, it should be a fun week, especially when you get in that first week of region play. Some teams have played two games, non-region so far. Some teams have just played the one. Kind of getting geared up for region play, and it's going to be a lot of fun seeing how the region games go down this Friday night. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Once again, thanks to New Brighton head coach Zach Holmes for coming on the show. I had a great time talking to him. Good 17-minute conversation there. So I hope you enjoyed uh, my interview with Coach Holmes. Uh, be back next week, probably later in the week, because we got the Labor Day on Monday. This is coming on to you on Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, look for the podcast next week. Remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Uh, so please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if you leave a review, we'll read it on a future edition of the show. If you're not on Apple Podcast or there's other ways you can listen to it, you can uh, go to the apps or on the websites of 955 Legend or 1067KMX. And you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great week. Prayers out to everybody in the Mississippi, Louisiana areas that were impacted by Hurricane Ida this week. And our prayers and thoughts, uh, what's going on in the Middle East, as well as remember those people. And let's just be good to each other. Let's love each other. And it's just, you know, let's, be, let's, just, let's do all the right things towards each other. Once again, I thank you for listening to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. And I'll talk to you guys next week.